Welcome to Here for Good. I have been excited about this episode since we announced last month that Brian Herstig has been selected as the new CEO and president for Jewish Federation of St. Louis. And now that Brian has been here on the job for all of 26 hours, he has been gracious enough to join us here on Here for Good. I'm Karen Scher, Vice President of Community Engagement for Federation. Thank you so much for listening to Here for Good. Brian, welcome. We are so happy to have you in St. Louis, and I know you Thank all you. really just landed like two days ago. Barely. Thank you. I'm, we're really, I am really excited to be here. And yes, we landed on Sunday and moved into our house yesterday, and I woke up and had no idea where I was. I felt like I was at camp. I couldn't remember where I was. But you hail from Minneapolis. It's a little bit warmer, right? It is. It's about 10 <laughs> degrees warmer. That's true. I talked to my old neighbor this morning because we used to go dog walking with him and he was jealous. Great. Yeah, I know. And, and the sunshine. So we want to is. welcome sunny, you with yeah. the St. Louis winter. So, Brian, tell us about yourself. I, you know, you and I are just getting to know each other. You've been here, obviously, just this week. And, you know, Tell us about yourself. The community is really excited to get to know you. Well, I don't know. One of the things I hate talking about is myself. So <laughs> I do better when asked questions. All right. Tell us about your family. How yeah. about that? We'll start there. I I have a great family. So my wife, Barb, and I have a, as of yesterday, 22-month-old okay. daughter. Um, and I have a 22 and a 19-year-old. Uh, I have 22 and 19-year-old sons as well one of whom just graduated from the University of Kansas and is looking for a job. Rock and Jack the, Jayhawk. Rock right? Jack, that's right. Uh, he's excited at least during basketball season. Football yeah. season isn't as much fun. And my other son is a sophomore at Temple University, and oh. he's studying to become a high school choir teacher. Fabulous. So yeah. music. So you, you mentioned to me actually yesterday that you've done a little song leading and, or music. Is yeah. that something part that's been part of your family and kind of your upbringing? Yeah. So actually, both of my boys, uh, my two older ones are both boys. Both of my boys were um, in choir, did acapella singing, a lot of very high level acapella singing and choir and stuff. And they were both actually in musical theater as well. My younger son a little more than my older son. And I grew up singing and self-taught guitar and play guitar. Song leading might be a little too strong, right? Like when you're sitting around a fire and you pull out the guitar and play the couple songs you know, that's more like me. Right. But um, but music in a lot of other ways is a big part of my life. I go, I go to uh, or have gone to a lot of concerts and like music, yeah, a lot. And I learned also you grew up in the Jewish camping realm. Where where did you? Yeah. So I went to Camp Ramah in Wisconsin. But spent most of my time actually working at camp. I worked at the JC Day Camp um, in Columbus, Liu Yasinoff Jewish Community Center, and was worked worked there for six years or so. Yeah, as a counselor, as a yeah, as a counselor. So yeah. I went to camp. So I, I I went to camp starting when I was about ten years old. I went to camp for eight weeks every summer. I never understood. You know, my parents must be so bored. Like all of us are out of the house, and now that I have kids, I understand. But I, I grew up going to camp, overnight camp, for like eight weeks every summer. I spent some time in Ma, spent some time in a place in West Virginia called Timber Ridge, which isn't a Jewish camp, but just all Jewish kids go there. Of course, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, as, as, as happens. And then I was very involved at um, my kids' camp in Minneapolis, which, has, um, which draws from St. Louis as well. Camp Herzl. I was vice president and on the board at Camp Herzl for oh, quite yeah, a while. There's a lot of Camp Herzl kids in St. Louis. Yeah. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of connections you'll make with those parents um, in the yeah. community. 
It's a very unique camp. And, uh, you know, I started out my career. I was a teen worker at a JCC and so ran, you know, summer and winter break camps and all the break camps. And so I've been around camping until I actually moved into Federation work about four years after I graduated college. I had spent every summer of my life at, at camp either working or going. It sounds like it really helped inform kind of your professional trajectory in a sense. Yeah, I I, I think um, what it did is kind of the the informal uh, education, like uh, got me to understand that, right, like there's a formal setting where you can learn things. But I always felt like kids and myself learned and grew so much more in eight weeks of camp than they did during the entire year. Um, and it's a different kind of education, a different kind of opportunity and way to be able to learn things about yourself and others and put into practice a little more. Absolutely. In fact, one of our previous episodes was with the director of Camp Sabra, which is our yeah. camp here in um, the Lake of the Ozarks, and a parent who is also an alum yeah. talking about her kids and her experience and how transformational the Jewish camping experience really is. Yeah. Um, and we fund into the One Happy Camper grants. Right. I'm just putting a plug in for One Happy yeah. Camper. <laughs> but if you're thinking about sending your child to a Jewish sleepaway camp, One Happy Camper grants are a great way to um, help get that funded. Uh, so fast forward, you've been involved in Jewish camping and teen programs. And now, and you and I know that you worked at federations in the past. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. So I, when I was uh, working at the JCC, I worked in Jacksonville, Florida and did teen work. I developed um, a teen program that I ended up speaking a little bit about um, at some national conferences and stuff um, and started getting into kind of like the leadership development kind of piece. And um, in Pittsburgh, uh, they were trying to restart their young professional, young leadership division. And I kind of made that jump from working with teens on leadership working with young adults, a lot of similarities, a lot of differences as well. And that's really how I ended up um, moving into the Federation realm. And I spent about seven years in Pittsburgh at the Federation doing a bunch of different stuff. I did young leadership for four or five years. While I was doing that, took on some other responsibilities around community building and, um, and leadership development, and then had an opportunity and moved to Minneapolis. I became the um, the COO, Assistant Executive Director there, for about seven years. Which is a really big shift from kind of the programmatic and on-the-ground yeah. kind of piece to over-managing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I, um, I when I went to graduate school, I got a nonprofit MBA, um, a Master of Arts in Jewish Communal Service. It's really, um, it's really a, a social work degree, a master's in social work, but mm -hmm. it's MAJCS and a nonprofit MBA, because I always knew that that was the direction I wanted to go. That's kind of structure and policies and procedures. Those kinds of things appeal to me. So I always knew I wanted to do that. And I was given the opportunity. And strangely enough, I kind of like jumped. I never like led a department, a large department of people. Uh, I kind of just became the assistant executive director of, of an agency with 45, you know, 50 staff of course because that's just how that happens <laughs> and it worked well Great. somebody saw something in me uh, and it did work well so yeah it was a little bit of a shift but i really uh, i really enjoyed it and then life happens and i left the jewish community actually i left the jewish community for a couple of specific reasons one was because the economy turned and opportunities weren't the same as what they were but when that happened uh, i kind of felt like i needed to step outside the jewish community because i felt at the time, like a lot of the same things and people were recirculating, a lot of the same ideas, 
but there weren't any new ideas being brought in. And I felt like the best way to do that was to step outside of the Jewish community and experience directly some of those other ways of doing things. Um, and I did that for 10 years and then stepped back into it because I felt like I'd learned a couple of things that we could try to do different. Terrific. And so so then fast forward, here's, you're here in St. Louis, and obviously this job spoke to you in some way. What was it yeah. about the St. Louis Jewish community or the Fed, St. Louis Jewish Federation that really spoke to you and yeah. made you, you know, want to apply for this position? Sure. I mean, first of all, I, I went to Camp Ramad. There was, there was a contingent from St. Louis, and I remember them as being um, close, tight, um, knowledgeable. You know, I, I grew up in, in Columbus, Ohio, a slightly smaller town. We didn't really, we didn't have a Jewish day school, a community Jewish day school at that time. I always felt like I was behind the curve, but everybody, St. Louis seemed, so they just seemed to be a tight group. Um, so I had a little bit of familiarity with the community um, and a good feeling about it. But really, it was uh, mostly had to do with um, the work that you all have done around your community study and then the, and then the um, strategic plan. I, I think strategic plans are really important. And what's more important is creating a strategic plan that doesn't just sit on a shelf. It's actually being actionized. It's being used, which this community has done. I mean, you guys have done an incredible job of not only setting out your priorities, but setting out high, middle, and low kind of areas within that and doing the next step of work around, and how do we make these changes? What does it mean? What, what does it mean for us? What does it mean for the community? How do we change those things? So I felt like there was a really, really strong base. There was a lot of self-reflection. The community went through that process of saying, what do we think we are? What are we really? What does that mean? And what do we need to be? How do we need to change in order to still be relevant, in order to still be attractive moving forward? Um, and so there was a lot of creativity I saw, a lot of willingness to take risks, and that, that, that self-reflection to say, you know, we're not going to kid ourselves. We're not going to talk about what we think we are. We're going to talk about what we are. And I felt like that was all... Um, a really good base. And then after talking to people in the field, it, it is a great community. It's a model in a lot of ways. A lot of different things have come out of, of here, whether that's, you know, the family education, Jewish family education, song leaders boot camp, all these things that are creative and unique and um, other places model or try to model and the staff in the community, not just in the Federation, but in general. Got good vibes. I got good feedback. And it felt um, it's also, for me, it's a what I would call border Midwest community. So I've always lived or worked in those. Pittsburgh is a Midwest community on the border of the East. Minneapolis is a, border, is a Midwest community on the border of the North and the West. And St. Louis is a Midwest community that's on the border of the South. And there's some similarities amongst all of those kinds of communities. They tend to have you know, kids who go away for school because they want to go to the bigger city. And then they kind of get married and come back and have, and, and have children but they're, they imagine that their kids are going to grow up here. Their grandparents grew up here. There's that sense of community and kind of longevity. You've got aging you know, seniors in place because this is home for everyone. You don't move somewhere else. Um, you kind of take care of your family where it's at. There are all kinds of similarities for these communities that I, I've experienced and been familiar with. Right. I was going to say that this is kind of home in a way in another city, but but feels like a home. Absolutely. Wonderful. This might be a tough question, but... Now that you're on board, you're, yeah. you're actually on board now, right? I am. Um, what's, and you may not have an answer to this, but people are curious, what's the first thing you intend to do? Uh, talk to a lot of people and listen. I mean, I think the most important thing I can do, there's not a lot that's broken. I mean, every place has things that can be changed, but there's not a lot that's broken. And so you all are the experts on this community. I am not. And I want to spend as much time 
as I can eke out meeting with people and listening to understand what's really going on and what's really important to people because change is, uh, change is always coming, right? Ch- the world's changing all the time. And the trick is not to change. It's to keep the things that are important or core to you while making those changes. And so I'm trying to get a good sense of what that is for this community and work with people to, to understand that better. Yes, it's always going back to, you know, we have these legacy institutions, but how do we mm. innovate from within? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's not always about creating the new, best, bright, shiniest thing. Right. But what, do we do, what are we doing with what we have to create, to, to be continue to be creative and yeah. innovative and relevant? Absolutely. Wonderful. So um, St. Louisans have a lot of um, questions for anyone who comes to our city, not oh, just the CEO of the Federation. So uh, I'm going to throw out a few. Favorite baseball team? Cleveland Indians. Um, I know the answer to this, but and I'm sure some other people do too. But your favorite college fo- college football team? <laughs> oh, well, it's the same for any college sport. It's um, and I'll be a little presumptuous. It's the Ohio State University. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Ohio State Buckeyes. We heard, yeah, we heard that you were a huge Buckeye. Uh, yeah, that Buckeye is true. Um, terrific. And then, um, you know, we wanted to know. We have this cuisine here in St. Louis, and many people are curious about that. Like they come and say, "I don't get why St. Louisans are so crazed about this." But uh, you, we talked about this yesterday too. Emo's Pizza. I'm not a big pizza guy. <laughs> if I have to have pizza, I like deep dish, but I really don't love pizza. Right. I don't like tomato sauce, so a white pizza works for me a little better. We'll give you a pass on that since you're not a pizza guy. Um, we know we fed this to you yesterday. Gooey butter cake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was good. All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> and uh, have you tried Ted Drew's yet? Do you know Ted Drew's? Do you know what Ted Drew's is? No. Ooh, we have Ted, some work to do. Ted, two words. Ted Drew's. Ted Drew's. It's the no. name. So no. it's um, a famous um, concrete ice cream here. Oh. In St. Louis. And I um, like ice cream. All right. All right. We know where we're going to. It is named. Oh, it's named the best ice cream in the world. Get out. Says our producer I'll here. decide that. Oh, it will be. I'll be the judge. It will be. Um, And have you tried Cone's Kosher <laughs> corned beef yet? I can say with absolute certainty I have not. I okay. don't eat red meat. Oh, okay. But I haven't had the opportunity to go to Cone's. Okay. Well, you will. Often. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> you will often. So then I was polling some of our staff here too, and they had some questions. My favorite color is gray. <laughs> yeah, apparently your favorite color is gray. We're not quite sure where that came from. This one I think is hilarious. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? That is a great question. Right? How much time do we have right now? <laughs> this is my wheelhouse. I could oh. probably spend a do an hour dissertation, but at the end of the day, I uh, I probably Star Trek. It's a much more hopeful vision of the future. Oh, you have just made your new best friend here at Federation. That would be Lois Smith, who is someone you really should get to know. She's our our IT person. She's like the head of Fred, our, our CRM, and um, she's a graduate of Starfleet Academy in the Star Trek universe. Wow. Yeah. Right? My Klingon is not what it used to be, but I am a huge fan and very excited for Star Trek Picard to start in a couple Terrific. weeks. Terrific. All right. Sounds good. So, oh. Falafel or shawarma? Probably falafel. Oh yeah, you're not a red meat guy. <laughs> well, but shawarma <laughs> chicken, is is right. right. Yeah. If it's yeah. chicken shawarma, yeah. True. All right. Yeah, that was a question from our Israel Center um, associate. He wanted to know how many times have you been to Israel. So then it kind of led into this. Yeah, I've been over a dozen times, but I think that this may have been this longest stretch in my life that I haven't been to Israel. It's been like ten or twelve 
maybe 13 years. So that's probably the longest stretch of my life that I haven't been to Israel. Wow. And what was your most meaningful experience there? Can you describe that? I do. I think the first time I went with, was with my family and probably walking up Masada at sunrise. You know, it's very impressive in and of itself. But and then like, you know, you're physically exhausted, especially right. when you're 13. Because you're up at two in the morning. Right. You get and, there, like, right. and yeah. Yeah. Oh, some of these questions actually are a little heavier than others. So That's I think we're right. going to keep it. You want a oh, heavy one? Whatever you want. All right. We'll edit it out. One. Yeah, we'll edit it out. if we. Um, so, um, you know, you're entering Federation, re-entering Federation at a really interesting time yeah. in our country and in the world. Yeah. And I'm just curious kind of, of um, you know, where you, you know, what are some of the things that are... Um, really at the top of mind for you at this point? Yeah, a lot of what is happening, I think, has to do with the, um, with the lack of, um, of conversation, real conversation that happens nowadays. Um, there's been a trend, obviously, over the years to um, be dogmatic and um, uh, have strong opinions on things, but there needs to be a place where people can come together and still talk and have conversations and listen and hear right? Mm-hmm. Not not just listen, but but hear. And I think that that's been lost. People are so intent on what they're trying to say or accomplish that they're not listening. And one of the things that I'd like to try and do is um, have an open table. And that doesn't mean that we're always going to agree, but I'd like to create a space where people can come and talk about differences and learn about why things are important to others so that we can try and find ways to find that middle ground in between, and they may be small um, to start, but if all we're doing is yelling or talking loudly towards each other, then we're never opening up ourselves enough to hear about the commonalities that, that, that might be in there. And I think that that's a lot of what's happening, and we need to find a way to have that, what I think people are calling civil discourse, back in society again. Absolutely, and getting away from doing it on the screen with through your phone and through the yeah. computer, but really face to face. You have to. I mean, there's there are certain things um, you should never use email for certain things. You should never text certain things because emotion um, and humor and social cues that are really important don't come across, and so things are misinterpreted really easily and really quickly and can escalate. And it's really important to bring people together and be able to look into each other's eyes. And have a conversation. Right. And you might be less likely to say things in person than yeah. you are when you're not are. hiding behind the screen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's really critical. And then with the rise of anti Semitism that we're seeing and um, the challenges now um, with um, potential imminent war with Iran, yeah. you know, we as a Jewish community around security and just the conversations, I know that has been kind of um, overwhelming. Um, at this time, uh, yeah. and I'm just curious too, um, you know, how we um, have that ki- those kinds of conversations in our community. How you would engage, com- how you would envision yeah. engaging community around those issues. One of the things that comes to mind is that um, whenever people feel threatened, you have two options: you can retreat into yourself, or you can reach out um, a helping hand uh, for others to help lift you up. And I think in in our society over the past several years, we've tended to retreat. And um, you can accomplish, we can always accomplish a lot more when we reach out. And there are others, other communities, other people, other faith groups around us who who are more than happy to help if we reach out. Um, And so we need to find those partners and um, 
make a concerted effort to reach out rather than retreat into ourselves and build those relationships and those teams and groups because when it happens to others, we always are the ones to reach out to them. So I don't think that we do such a good job when it's happening to us of reaching out. We need to learn from our own example. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one thing I think you're going to learn about St. Louis is we have um, and are working very hard and building those relationships across faith communities mm-hmm. and across across um, all different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, so the beauty of the social media, I could say there's a beauty, yeah. is to see the outpouring of support when in a time of yeah. tragedy facing the Jewish community. Um, and we've seen that a lot because of the relationships that we are building across faith communities. So to continue to build on that yeah. and to develop stronger relationships. Great. And with our, our legislative officials as yeah. well. Yeah. Terrific. No, they're, they're a really key group. Yeah. You bring them up. Wonderful. Well, um, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you want to share with the community at this point in 2016? 20- Eight hours now, maybe, that you've been part of the Federation We got staff. my kids. We got Star Trek. We got Ohio State. I think that you hit all the high points. Perfect. All right, great. Well, thank you so much. You. This has been a wonderful conversation. It's been fun. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to getting to know you even more, and I know our community does as well. Uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, please help others find us by leaving a rating on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening to Here for Good. 